What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. Or the 30. To the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40, to the 30-yard line. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that 62-yard field goal attempt. It is good. That's good. Eagles. Who can forget? Again, I'm looking again. Those up the middle. At the Derek 40. Brooks. Derek Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. We call them the Salty Dogs. Hello again, everyone out there, and welcome to another Salty Dogs podcast. Being less salty after two wins in a row now. Yeah, and I'm thinking those listeners are probably... Happy listeners right now, and it's not just the holiday season. No, but it doesn't hurt that it was Thanksgiving and we had a win, and then the whole weekend went really, really well. Yeah, yeah it was uh, very good. We've won, the Buccaneers have won 100% of their games in the last two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Three out of four. <laughs> Three out of four, that's true. 75. So, there you go. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about from that game, which is nice. I mean... Um, oh, by the way, who are you? We usually do that, don't yeah, we? Yeah, I'm just checking. Well, if I remember correctly... The reason I- why I say this... Is because when you're on a two-game win streak, people are tuning in that haven't tuned in before. <laughs> so I, I'm pretty sure I'm still Scott Smith. And I am Jeff Ryan. And, 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 and welcome. Since you're gonna, <laughs> Welcome to you as well. Since you're going to do that to me, okay. um, I need to make sure that you press the record button. It is. It's rolling right now, and I have it in front of you with the red light on, and you can see everything. But you told me the red light doesn't matter. That's true, but what you want to do is you want to look at I the know, counter. I have to put my glasses yeah. on. Well, when you're old, that's what you have to do. You just got them on all the time. <laughs> I, know. Well, I take them on and off because they're reading glasses. Uh-huh, sure. This is a thrilling part of the podcast right, right. now. Uh, so, yeah, uh, most recent win is the Jacksonville one. Uh, if you would say that the most complete game the Bucks played was that Atlanta game. Yeah, I would say that. Uh, all three phases. This one was dominant in certain phases i would say the first half was the best football i've seen in a long 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 time particularly on defense yes uh nick Foles really didn't have anywhere to throw the ball he was getting harassed constantly each of his first three drives ended up with the ball in our hands in the bucks hands one on interception and two sack fumbles so that's a great way to start a game and you not only did you get turnovers you got points which is not always the case and not a field goal. We got, we were getting touchdowns, so that was every huge. single time. Yes, and it was actually twenty-two points because we went for two after they jumped off sides on the extra point. And, and that's kind of a neat rule too. A rule? Yeah, where you get the choice. You can cho- choose yeah, again. Yeah, uh, yeah, and you could tell. And then Bruce Arians later confirmed this on Monday that this wasn't just a a whim thing. That because it was like immediate. As soon as there was that, as soon as there was that penalty, our Kickers started running off the field, and, and everybody in the offense came running back on. So, And Bruce said, yeah, every time that happens, we're going to go for it. When it gets from the two to the one, we're going to go for it. Yep, the percentages are better at the one than kicking the field goal, I which would, I, which I, which I, or the extra point, which I like. I, I, you know, I just liked it. I thought it was good. It does make you I wonder. Learned, I learned something, though, because I didn't realize that. What? That oh, it, that you could do that? That you get a penalty like that, and it's, and it's to the one-yard line, not half the distance. It is interesting how um, – Mentally, you view those two things because going for it from the two-yard line, most coaches don't do that. A few do, but most don't do it very often. But all of a sudden, it's at the one, and that's like, oh, we're definitely going for it. One yard makes that much of a difference? Well, if you only need one, yes, because if you need two and you only get one, you're short. (laughs) Just doing the math for you there, Scott. Here's why I think maybe that, that coaches think that way because 
you figure you, you can try to dive over or, or bash through from one yard, and you've you got a pretty decent chance of making it. I but agree. that play is harder to do from the two. So from the one, you have more available to you. you, you the other team has to worry more about either run or pass, whereas when you're at the two, they're probably thinking mostly pass unless it's like a delay. And uh, we actually lined up in a shotgun on that play, and I would like to claim, and I, there's a PR guy sitting next to me, that I called the draw. There were two times in that game we did a draw play on a, on a short yards play to Peyton Barber. I think the other one was a fourth down play. I called it both times like, oh, we're going to run a draw here. Either we are so I'm a football genius. Two things, yeah. Either you're really, really smart, or we're tipping our hand. I don't think so because you uh, don't think you're really smart. I don't remember seeing that play before. <laughs> I walked right into that one, didn't I? It's one of those days. Continue. I, I agree. Jeff's reason for existence right now apparently is to uh, make fun of me, not do a podcast about Buccaneer football. Continue. Okay, so uh, another thing. Uh, about that game and that was brought up yesterday, and I was really glad it was during Bruce's press conference. I it was almost over, and I'm like, is nobody going to ask about this? And finally, Greg Allman, the intrepid reporter from the Athletic, who's very thorough, so I'm not surprised it was him, brought up Bradley Pinion's 63-yard punt, which I think needs to be getting more attention because that was that was probably his best clutch play of the entire year. Coach talked about that during his radio show. Oh, good. You, you he, often have some good information. Yeah, on that, he so. did bring that up, that that was a key. That was a turning point. He called it the turning it point? Was a turning, it was a turning point, yeah. Well, it, it was, de- yeah. I would say what it That's was was play. It, it took a situation where you were still, not him, of course, but you or me, you're, you're still chewing on your fingernails a little bit because even though it was 25 nothing, and it's still 25-11 and you have the ball with about, what, six minutes left, Still a little nervous right there, right? And Especially when they change quarterbacks. So there's this. The, the, they had a little momentum. Well, the stadium all of a sudden came alive. They cared. Yeah. <laughs> they got what they wanted. Yeah. And apparently they're going to get him going forward as well, which is a crazy situation yeah, in Jacksonville because is. they can't get out of Nick Foles' contract next year without a huge cap hit. Well, huge. They have to wait till after next year. There could year. be a whole group of people making that decision on who's the quarterback <laughs> next year. You're saying it could be some people that aren't it there could yet. Be. Um, yeah, which, so Bradley. Which is in a point talking about the uh, Jacksonville is just a couple of years ago, they're in the championship game. And, yeah. And that's how fast that window yes, closed on them. Exactly. Some of it, I think, was a little self inflicted. I mean, how do you go from where you were then to a defense that no longer has. Jalen Ramsey and Telvin Smith. Because someone decided we're trading him. Well, someone gave in because he wanted to be traded. Telvin Smith retired in the summer, and there seemed to be a little animosity there. So, I don't know. It It, it is crazy, though, how you can be that good and then all of a sudden yeah. not, not doing so well. It's a razor-thin edge. You, yeah. you lose a couple of players and culture changes. and you, you, you know, you try to make the big move – and this is not a podcast about the Jaguars, so no. we'll get off this in a second. But you try to make the big move with Nick Foles because even when they were good, Blake Bortles was not really the guy. He had, I think he had a really good game in the playoffs when they went there one game, but they had decided that Blake Bortles was not the answer. So it's a big move. Yeah, it is a huge And then he, he broke his shoulder in the first week. So, But, Nick, he did, but, but the change of quarterback did uh, take that stadium from being all you could hear were the Buck fans at that point, and then all of a sudden the stadium just came alive. Yeah. And you could feel – I don't know what momentum is, but you feel it. And you kind of when, when when yeah there was a when they got change. to eleven you were like okay this all of a sudden this could be one more touchdown and you're a one score game. I will say though that, and I think maybe maybe we've been conditioned by some tough times recently. 
that we probably, and I'm not putting words in your mouth, but I can tell you I was and the people around me looked this way, we probably were a little more nervous about it than we really needed to be because most teams that are in that situation are going to hold them off, even if we didn't get that great punt. But if you take the time and look at how the games were lost this year, a lot of games were lost in the last five minutes. Right, but not a lot of them were lost when you had a 25-point lead to protect. And even if they got How the big momentum, of a lead was there against the Giants? It wasn't 25 points. No, no, but what was it? With, it at I don't half. remember exactly. It was, it, it, was like, it was good. It was a good lead, though. Uh, I guess what I'm saying is, because I've mentioned this before, but I write an article called, called Turning Point Every Week, and you use those win probability charts, and you see when's the last time it switched to our side being the likely winner and never went back mm-hmm. anyway that in this case for the second straight week it was a brashad perryman play it was that one where we reviewed it and won the challenge but in any case all throughout that second half our win probability was up there around 95 percent. even as they were coming back it wasn't dipping because in all the thousands of historical games have been played when a team is in that situation even if things get a little hairy they do end up tending to win so what I'm saying is, in retrospect, I probably shouldn't have been quite as nervous as I was. And you could hear Bruce, when he was talking about Gardner Minshew, he was saying he did some good things. He basically, the main thing was he moved around so well, so he was avoiding the sacks that Nick couldn't avoid and making some plays off of that, right? That but it. he said, but, I mean, he was doing some things, but I wasn't really worried. I knew we were fine. He, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but that's basically say, what he yeah. said, right? Yep. So he, the coaches on the sideline have been through this before and know we don't have to win this game 48 to nothing you know we just have to win the game yeah we are going to win the game i think it's part of also settle down everybody you're yeah it's a different quarterback he's going to make some plays Mm -hmm. take a deep breath do what we're supposed to do and we're going to be okay and i think that's what happened and and so i was trying to give the punter some love and i didn't even get a chance to no he is no he 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 deserves so if anybody besides he's a great guy too he's a really nice guy if anybody um is unaware of what happened. That was in the goal line stand, which was incredible. Sean Murphy bunting, intercepts the pass in the end zone, and then makes a regrettable decision to, to run it out, which he obviously he knew right away, right? I mean, he knew right after the play. Yeah, because he tried to go back in. <laughs> and, then, and then I think people were like, no, you got to go. You can't do that now. Yeah. But immediately after the play, I think he, he understood. And, you know, it's a rookie. He made a, a little rookie mistake, but he also made a great play. So let's remember that. So you're backed up. The offense can't do anything. I think they had a false start, which made it harder. So you're kicking out of the back, you know, that backed up punt that they practice. They practice that once a week. And, you know, you see why, because it can be critical. Brad, your punter has his, has his heels on the back line. So, you know, a bad snap, he might step on that back line. You got a really, and plus there's a shorter rush. So they might get to you for a block. So you really have to execute that play well. And generally in those situations, like I was thinking, okay, they're going to get the ball around our 40 now. And, uh, because you'd probably kick it close to midfield, and they'll get like a 10-yard return. Instead, he blasts a 63-yarder, and it was high. Our coverage got down there. It equaled his highest punt, longest punt of the entire year. And because our coverage was able to get there, they drew a couple penalties, and all of a sudden they're all the way back at their own 30. And they never got past the 30 at that point. They had, two more, they had two more drives. They got the ball to 30 and never moved past the 30. They moved backwards in both of their drives. So uh, I would say the – Bruce called it a turning point. I would say it was the the last turning point. It was the last nail in the coffin for the Jaguars. Yeah. I, and, you, you know, you forget about those little things, but that's the difference between winning and losing. Yeah, that can be the difference. And that's where you notice good teams make that key play. Yeah. Hopefully and so I, I will say on Sunday, 
the Buccaneers were a good team. Yeah, sure. So, uh, and it's two games in a row. And it, look, there's. I know we can't it, get too excited. But, you know, as down as you want to be when you're on a three-game losing streak, you should also be able to enjoy a two-game winning streak. Yeah, and you want to pick out the things out of it that you think right. are real, right? And this is where I say to you, <laughs> what happens if you get two? Now you have a chance to get three. There you go. There you go. Believe it or not, somebody wrote in about you You predicting you were going to say that. Yeah, did so they? So we'll get well, to that in the questions. Then I'm becoming too predictable. <laughs> I must stop. But continue. Here's a, a note I brought up last week. Uh, remember I was telling you there are third downs, and over a couple weeks, um, we, like, New Orleans converted six of 13, something like that, or seven of 13, but six of seven were one to three yards or fewer. Our defense in the last five games has been nearly impossible to convert a third down on if it's more than six yards. Nearly impossible. One out of 34 third down tries in the last five games they've converted. I find that kind of amazing. It is. One out Which of 34. I wouldn't, I wouldn't think that. Third and seven doesn't, isn't, it's not easy, but it's not critical. And not all of them have been third and seven. And some of them have been third and 11 or whatever, but that's impressive. That's, an, that, that's showing me that our defense is, as the coach was saying, kind of figuring it out now. Uh, you, you know, you, have you seen the uh, mic'd up for this week on Bucks.com on Devin White? I intend to watch it later you, today. I already did. It's it, something to really watch. It's it's fun, it, and it's it's something that makes you think where the future is headed. I, uh, he's clearly the future. It, pretty, <laughs> I have very little doubt. He's very impressive. And, and what's crazy, I actually think, he plays too fast at times. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think you want to try to legislate that. No, you that can't. Out of this you, game. you you can't. But you'll see how fast he is when you do. Really? Yeah, yeah. And it's a. If you haven't seen it, it's on Buccaneers.com. It's called Mic'd Up. They mic up a player every, yeah, every week. week. It's, a, it's some a, are better than others. Some, Bucc- some guys talk. Yeah, more. and he does it. Interesting. Well, I don't want to spoil it. I'm not going to go any further. But you should watch it. Okay. But but there's a guy that put on a performance. And he. He kind of, you could tell right away when he got here this year and in training camp so that he was going to be one of those natural leader types and that even though he's a rookie, he was probably going to be a leader pretty soon. But then he got hurt right away at the beginning of the year and was out for a good month. And as Coach Arians was saying, that kind of set him back even in terms of the leadership because you can't really be telling guys to do, do something when you're not out there, yeah. right? You need to be yeah. out there. So as he's gotten out there and now as the big plays are starting to happen and people are looking to him, He's showing that leadership, apparently. And I think he's the guy that's going to be the one, you know, this is a young defense. And if if the results continue to be something like what we've seen in the last two weeks, and you do have playmakers in your Murphy Bunnings and your Deans and your Carlson Davises and so on, he's going to be the center of all that. A guy I respect a lot is, is 54, Levante David. And I talked to Levante after the game and just how the game went. And we, we were discussing uh, Devin White. And he... Levante said he he's going to be great. He's going to be a great player. I have a lot it of takes respect. one to know one. In yeah, that and that's what I said to him. But and it's fun. I remember when Levante first came, he hardly talked. To you know, he was just very very quiet. Yeah, he's still not he's a real still, talkative guy. But if you know him, he'll he'll engage in oh, sure. in lengthy conversations. And we were we were talking before we got on the bus, and he was just saying how much how much fun he is having watching it, and then how all the young guys coming together. So Levante's in his eighth year, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't feel like an eighth-year player. Not he's still very youthful in terms of his still play. Still fast. Yeah, so I think he's got a lot of good years left. So that's going to be exciting. Those well, two and, that's, <clears throat> and that's just it. And how much is it, you know, it's fun. You know, you can be the best player on the team, but if other guys around you aren't close, then you're just the best player on, <laughs> yeah, the, on the team. Yeah, on a bad team, yeah. yeah. 
but with it all coming together, it's becoming more, more fun. And, and, and yeah, people, for sure. You know, it's more fun, period. It was more fun for the fans watching the game. <laughs> it's all about fun. It is. At the end of the day, yes. Two weeks in a row, uh, the defense has given up a big play, like right away, mm. like on the first couple <laughs> plays of the uh, of the other team. And that used to be the sign that things were going to go badly all day, that we didn't know what we were doing. Yeah, it was but death. in both cases, it was a 53-yarder by Jaden Graham, the tight end in Atlanta, and then a 39-yarder down the sideline to D.D. Westbrook uh, in, the, in the Jacksonville game. And then after that, we hardly gave up any big plays at all. If you consider big plays to be 10-yard or more rushes and 20 or more yard passes, we only gave up three more each time. So I always feel better once they give it up. I go, like, oh, good, it it's up early. Let's go <laughs> now. Let's, you know, let's right. get it done. I felt better after the interception that ended that drive. But oh. To each his own. It, uh, there, there, when, you, when you think about how many sacks there were in that game. There were five. By different people. Uh, Shaq, Shaq got had two. two. But by different people, the force fumble, the fact that three force fumbles, the fact that uh, a scoop and score, lovely, uh, third of the year, Sue getting in there again, he yeah. gets a score. That's the no, that's, no. It was Devin White this time. It was Sue two weeks oh, ago. two weeks ago. That's right. He's got he did two. recover a fumble though. He just didn't score on it. Yeah, and then and then the uh, the sack. It was funny who who got credit. I I thought uh, Vita Bay should have got a. No, well, we want Vita to have a great career, but every sack needs that can be Shaq's sack. We would like it to stay Shaq's sack. Oh, right. all right. Well, because it was credited to Shaq. I know it was. I know who it was credited Vita to. Vita wrapped him, wrapped him up, but he wasn't down yet. But he Shaq did, came and blew him up. In fairness, he slowed him down. He didn't put him down. I'm not saying I would have asked for it to be changed if it had been ruled differently, but I since understand. it was ruled Shaq, yeah. let's just leave it where it's at, okay? Well, let sleeping it, dogs it, lie here, all right? <laughs> Well, what, what, you're, what you should say is sometimes after a game's over with, coaches send tape in and things can get changed. Well, and sometimes Eli, well, the Elias nice. Sports Bureau does we'll it by at. themselves just because they review every game. They're, every week we get an email with stat changes, and it's usually like credit the tackle on this play to Devin White instead of Andrew Adams or something. It's a very small thing. Yeah, and, and the reason why they do that is they can go through it in a slow motion and see yeah, what's sure. going on where, where statisticians at the oh, – yeah. the official statistician is someone who is, lives Just in a that, is a hired guy and yeah. done it for a while. Well, it's and a understand. crew. It's usually like yeah. seven or eight people. So, but um, I, thought, I thought it was pretty exciting. And, you know, you look at Shaq Barrett, it, well, it's amazing. Okay, so two games ago, um, about midseason, JPP came back. But then Carl Nassib got hurt not long after that. Who got a sack, too, by Yeah, way, Carl Nassib came back two games ago, and in both games since then, Carl, Shaq, and JPP have all had a sack. In both games, they've done So having all three of them out there is clearly helping all three of them. And Coach mentioned that, fresh legs, you know. Mm-hmm. Although I still don't think Shaq and JPP come off the field all that much. They can put Carl inside and they can have all three of those guys rushing at the same time uh bruce arians made a comment about jpp he's just a guy now just getting out of out of um preseason right because it's his what five, fifth game yeah he he said that that and that that seemed to have made made a difference it's pretty remarkable when you think about what jpp has gone through and um here's another another plug for bucks.com um in the current Mm-hmm. There's a thing. It came out last week. If you haven't seen it, see it. It's That's good uh, stuff. Yeah. Stuff on it with JPP, and uh, it's pretty emotional how he talks about. Interesting. It, it is. It is very good. Um, and it made, I watched it, and it made me think. 
um, what he has gone through and what perseverance is and how you have to, as an individual, whatever goes against you in life, you have to fight through it because you're the one that can get it done. It's pretty pretty good so stuff. So you shouldn't just wait for somebody to save you? Well, sometimes you need that too. Sometimes you need help, but, but you should try But sometimes yourself. you need to be, you know, you can't help those who don't want to help themselves. If I you, should write that down. If you came here for a Bucks podcast, you're also getting a self podcast. I know. I'm podcast. sorry. No, I'm it's all, fine. I'm all over the board they're, today. They're getting, whatever, they're getting more than they bargained for. Oh, is more that what it is? More than they paid for. Right. A lot more than they paid for. Maybe twice what they paid for this podcast. Right. And if you recognize the voice on the current, it's, it's me. And um, I'm going to try a little segue here. Go ahead. Uh, you're the voice on it. I, that, I'm guessing that piece, I think it's produced by Stephen Lynch. It is. One of our producers. Well, Stephen, I was talking to him today. And I had, no, and I'm glad he came to me with this because I had noticed something in the, the play-by-play that surprised me. It's just an interesting little thing. It's not that important. At the end of the game, uh, Jameis kneeled down three times in victory formation to run out the rest of the clock. And usually on those plays, when you look at it later, you see Jameis Winston loss of one or loss of two sometimes even. And it, it's a sneaky way in which your rushing stats get a little bit worse, uh-huh. right? You lose yardage. Uh, and, and Bruce Arians has brought that up before, and I guess he, he and Steven talked about that a little bit. And um, I had wondered, because I was looking at that play-by-play on those last three kneel-downs, and it was all kneels down for no gain. I'm like, how, how did that happen? It's always like a negative yard. How did we get away with that? Apparently, he was taking the snap and taking a big step forward before <laughs> kneeling down, and he was getting back to the line of scrimmage, so it wasn't a loss of yards. Isn't that great? And so now I wonder. So here's I'm tasking you again, Jeff. Right. When somebody wanted to know if Jameis – was squinting at the scoreboards because he was having problems with his eyes and, and you decided to go in and ask him, which I didn't think at the time was was appropriate, appropriate but it turned out fine. Now you need to go back to Jameis and say, did you plan that? Were you told to do that? Is that purposeful? Are, you, you, trying moving to save yards? Are you moving forward to help your running backs, trying <laughs> to keep your yardage up? All right, we'll do that. It still hurts because that's three carries for no yards, so yeah. it hurts your average, but it doesn't hurt as much as three for negative three yards. Interesting. So go ask him that. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting because usually you step back so no one can get to you, you to take, knock the exactly, ball Exactly, right? That's why and, you step back. And maybe you normally should do that, but we still had a two-score lead at that you know, every point. Time, no, a 17-point lead at that point. Every time we talk about the step back, I always think about the Green Bay game, the playoff oh, game. because of the missed field goal? Because of the missed field goal. That he barely he, missed? Yeah, that, uh, that Sean King stepped back too far. <laughs> And not not that I remember that and not that it has affected my life at all. <laughs> and then Martine missed and we yeah. ended up being a wild card team going to Philly again instead of having the first round bye. There you go. That was unfortunate. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there is a lot lot to be excited about in that game. I think uh, it's uh, – Well, Brashad Perryman, there's another one. <sighs> Career high in yards. Yes. And those were not gimme catches. Those no. were some Oh, that nice one catch. Grabs. That one catch was – Unbelievable. Which one? The, the one, one where they had to uh, challenge, it? challenge it. I'll admit that in real time, it didn't look to me like he got it down. So real I don't time, really blame the officials. Yeah, real time, we didn't think. And then, of course, you don't want to look at the boards at when you're on our away game because they, sh- they were cutting it short. That was two weeks ago. No, that was also here. Oh, I thought they did a pretty good job in that game of you showing thought, Yeah, they did. Yeah, I mean, I, I, there was a couple times in the game where I'm like, I wonder why they're showing that because that's clearly not good for them. Well, because there's two versions. Right? Well, yeah, there's two versions. They will show a replay, their replay. But once a coach challenges it, they have to show what is being shown 
to the official. Oh, yeah. And it's called their official review. They have to show it in the stadium? They have to show it in the stadium, and that is what the officials in New York are looking at, and that is what the okay. official there is. And it was at. very clear on the replay. It wasn't mm-hmm. even close. I mean, it was very obvious that he did a great job of dragging that foot. But he had a couple other nice oh. down-the-field catches. And give credit to Jameis, too. A couple of those were just precise throws where he was not badly covered. They were just precise good stuff throws. good stuff so um that was nice because uh it was it was not a huge game for either mike or chris mm-hmm. which is rare for neither of them to have a big game but it just goes to show you how deep we are in, with wide receivers yeah it, well if Prashad can have games like that were deep because otherwise we're shallow especially with scotty miller out yeah, he was the there. hamstring he was starting to come on a little bit right Justin Watson was the fourth receiver, but he still really only saw a handful of snaps in that game. Another thing that helped was O.J. Howard having a nice day, which would have been even better if he hadn't caught the batted ball and lost six yards on a a catch (laughs) on a batted ball, which you're going to do every time. Something you know. Some about batted balls in uh, the Seattle uh, yeah. Minnesota game. Did you see that? I saw that it was Where, crazy. It was like playing volleyball. Yeah, and I don't understand. I assume that what Russell Wilson was trying to do was bat it down, but it didn't. He didn't at all. Supposedly, they're supposedly if the ball comes back to the quarterback, the quarterback is just supposed to swat it down, right, to make it an incomplete pass. That's the right thing to do because if you catch it, you're going to lose yeah, yards. But he's a pretty tall guy, pretty strong, and he jumped and he. Russell <laughs> Wilson is known for not being tall. <laughs> That's one he's of the things. Very about him. tall. He's tall to you and me. Let's see, he's five. He's over five ten, right? I, or I about five so. ten. That's very short for an NFL. So player. there we are. Uh, don't tell Drew Brees that. Uh, Drew Brees is known as a short quarterback. Uh, yeah, Those are guys yeah. who are known for succeeding incredibly that, that, well. That prototype, despite not being that tall prototype of a quarterback, going by the wayside. I don't think so, Jeff. I think your Kyler Murray's and so on. They're they're exceptions to the rule. Maybe. I mean, the taller guys have an advantage in that regard the shorter guys have to be very very skilled in other ways you know like drew Brees with his incredible decision making vision ability to if you talk quickly. to coach randall l he'll 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 wish that he was playing now then well maybe when he played so you're saying there's less he was a, a quarterback and, he, and he, he's going what he could do no one thought you could do that back then that's awesome yeah he i'm gonna throw so, another plug that's on buccaneers uh uh, Total Access uh, okay. Radio uh, on uh, Bruce Arian show. He was the he was the, the guest. He was he was the uh, um, he's position a fun guy coach. to talk to. He that's that is very good. He is he's very funny by the way. Yeah, I know. So that's what I was saying. Just another another plug. Look at me cross plugging like crazy. Yeah. All right. We should get a sponsor or something in here. You'd be good at that. What what a shocker that would be, huh? Are we good? I am. We've we've covered. I'm this ready. Game. Yeah, let's get let's let's, let's uh, get our guest in here. Yeah, let's do that. That's good because the third segment could go a little longer than usual because we have a lot of questions. All right, for once. All right, all right. Uh, we'll be back in just a minute with our guest, and then in the third segment we'll get to your questions. The salty dogs. And we're back here on the salty dogs podcast, our second segment, which is always where we get. A guest in here from the locker room today is Prashad Perryman. Thanks, man. No problem. This is after practice. I know. Oh, and we pre- so these guys want to get out of here. Yeah, we appreciate <laughs> that. But he's smiling right now because he's with the Salty Dogs. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? First thing I got to tell you before we get into anything else is that Jeff and I have been around here long enough to remember when Brett Perryman, your father, used to tear us up, man, with the Lions. <laughs> yes. All the time. Twice a year. Him and Herman Moore. Yes. And, of course, Barry Sanders. But, the yeah, um, yeah, he, he was he was hard on us. <laughs> That's so it. when we play the Lions, we need you to get revenge for us. Can you do I that do for that. us? Yeah. That. You make that's that? Not, that sounds like a good deal. You'll make that happen? Yeah, I can make that. Was it fun growing up and watching your dad play? Or how Honestly, much did you get to see him? I mean, 
I don't remember too much. Oh, okay. When did he when did he retire around 90? You don't know? Okay. He, I think he's, well, he, he's, he's the Lions from like 91 to 96. Right? And well, then he, he he was on some other teams too. Yeah. But yeah, with the, the Lions that we right. noticed, it, right. Kind of a bummer that, you know, you're a professional athlete and then you have a son and you're already out of football before you get to enjoy it. Well, you want to be the Griffies and get to play yeah, together? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That would be nice. That, that would be a cool, cool experience. Uh, speaking of playing the game, you had a big game last Sunday in Jacksonville, I think 87 yards, is that right? Something like that. And uh, the biggest, maybe the biggest play of all of them, maybe not the longest, was that one that they had to challenge to get it right, where you dragged your toe, which was a great play. Did you know you had it? Did you say anything to the coach, did you, or did he just get it from the film? I think the coach got it from the film. I mean, I felt like I was in. You know, I remember dragging my foot, clearly, but... Um, you know, I just let him do what he do. It must be a good feeling, though, when they're showing the replays up there and you're seeing evidence that you're going to get it. Yeah, <laughs> it's a really good feeling, man. Did, just a weight off your shoulder. Yeah. Did, did you did you lobby at all, or did you just say, Coach, I think I got it? Well, you, I were on, you were on the other yeah. sideline. Yeah, I was on the other sideline, so I think by the time I got back to our sideline, I feel like they already had, had their mind made. Oh, yeah. that, that was a big play. Yeah, because it was one of those plays uh, in real time. We weren't really sure whether it was in or not. In real time, it didn't necessarily look like it, which is a good thing they have replay. Um, you had another long catch down the field, maybe about 30 yards down the sideline. And from above, it was, an, it was a great catch, but also from above, we were like, wow, that is one amazing throw by Jameis. I mean, yeah, yeah, that was a dime. I, yeah. I don't know how. How does the guy do that, man? Yeah, that, that was, guy. That guy was right there. The yeah, he put it. He put it on the money, man. He put it in a place where only I could catch it. Really. Yeah. And it was. It was just beautiful. Are you guys sometimes amazed at when a quarterback just puts it like? I mean, I can't even imagine how somebody could locate a pass that well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you get amazed anytime you get a pass like that, man. You you just gotta really sit back and reflect. <laughs> <laughs> and and be thankful that you caught it because it was such a good pass. Yes, sir. Yeah, I so, understand. Yeah. He served me. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you today in the locker room open up your uh, cause for my cause, my cleats yep. box. Your shoes were purple, weren't they? Yep. That's going to look purple. real good with red right here. <laughs> <laughs> All purple. So what is your cause? Uh, stroke awareness. Okay. Yep. Because of your father. For my dad, yep. It looked like it said, what did it say on the side? It looked like it said, do you have a foundation or something? Yep, Rashad okay. Pyramid Foundation. And that's the their main cause? Yeah. Okay. Trying to raise awareness about stroke. You know, trying to educate people about Because, you know, a lot of people, I know me personally, mm -hmm. I didn't know too much about it right. until they really hit home. So, um, you know, we do a lot of things. We um, we adopt families that's been, for Christmas, mm -hmm. usually we adopt families. Oh, that have um, been impacted by yeah, somebody it. having a stroke. Yep, exactly. Okay. And, so, and, and, Strokes, you know, when people think of strokes, they always think it's the elderly, but it's that's um, not that's not the case. Exactly. Yeah, they call it the silent killer too. Like, like my dad, he was healthy. You know, he didn't see anything coming. No, nah, nothing at all. Wow. Well, I'm glad that you told me before he came in here that he's he in some respects he's doing better. Right? Yep. That's it, good. To definitely. Hear. All right, you guys got four games left, and the way coach talks about it, you guys are treating this one basically like it's the start of the playoffs for you. It's an elimination game. Yep. But there's still belief in there. Yeah, most definitely. Everybody has high hopes, has high beliefs. Um, we know that this game right here in front of us is Bucking, huge. Yeah, you know, it's really all in. Um, it's really all or nothing. Do you do you feel a difference the way the team's coming together, like in the beginning of the year, to where you are now, or is it just the same and things are happening because less mistakes on the field? Yeah, I feel like I feel like we always believed in one another. I feel like the mistakes definitely have a Huge part to do with it, and I just feel like, um, you know, this this is one thing that Coach been talking about 
a lot this week as well, you know, just being way more intentional, you know, that it's really crunch time now. And you could, you could just tell, you could feel it from, you know, everyone in the locker room. Just a playoff atmosphere, huh? Yeah, definitely. You, In addition to you, O.J. Howard had a, one of his bigger games of the season on Sunday. And obviously we all know what Chris and Mike have done all year. But I got to believe you guys feel better about it when the ball's getting spread around a little bit more, right? It makes it tougher on the defense. I mean, yeah, well, it's all good. You know, we – I enjoy seeing Chris and Mike eat as well. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they you know, go off sometimes, man. Yeah, they, they, they absolutely go crazy. And, you know, it just sit back when you're just sitting back and just watching them is is really fun. So and you know, you really learn a lot from those guys. So so it sounds go ahead, I'm sorry. Does does Chris ever say anything about something we've noticed? It seems like he's had about 15 times this year where he gets tackled out around the one or two yard line. Like he makes great <laughs> runs after the catch. He's trying to get it in the end zone and then he's down at like the one or two. You guys talk about that? Yeah, we talk about it from time to time, <laughs> man. We know we we got a we got a little system now that's trying to you know knock that out of everybody. So okay, <laughs> you're, what you're doing is just you're encouraging him to keep going. Exactly. Well, he, he still is tied for the league lead in touchdown catches. There is so. that. Um, <laughs> It sounds like from just just our brief conversation here. It sounds like the wide receiver room's pretty tight. Is yeah, that a good definitely. assessment? Yep, most definitely. We all just want to see each other succeed, and you know, no matter if we're doing good or bad, you know, we just always try to be there for one another. And yeah, we're, we're pretty cool. Have you? Is that something that you've been used to on the other teams that you've been on? I mean, you're you're, you're only what twenty six, twenty seven, twenty six, twenty six. So, but. You have been on other teams, so in yeah, in yep. Cleveland. So, is it the same feeling in every room you've been in, or is this something special right now? I mean, for the most part, you know, whatever team you go to, you want to feel that that togetherness. You want to feel like a family, and you know. But some teams, you know, are going to have more than others. So I feel like here it's just a, it's it's definitely special. You know, we 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 really the the way that we bond and we vibe is just is just different. You got. You've looked at um, any Colts tape yet? Yeah, I have. What What do you got to say about their secondary? They look. They look good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we got. We, we got our work cut out for us, but I think we'll get the job done. You know, I I, I do have to ask this. I'm going to go back a few weeks in the Seattle game, the sick touchdown. Oh yeah, that you crazy had. touchdown. I mean, I mean <laughs> that. So kind of walk us through that because everyone, that. you know, every, every, everyone sees it, but you got to be paying attention to what's going on. So you take it from there. Um. I uh, route did I have? I honestly just I just remember I ran a route. I ran my route. I don't remember exactly what my route was, but I didn't get the ball, and I seen Jameis starting to scramble. And, you know, I was just trying to get in this vision, you know, just trying to get open, trying to get separation from the DB. And I see him throw it to – I don't remember. I think who. it was Mike. Yeah, maybe Mike or CG, one of those. One, either Mike or CG. And um, – I just looked and I seen the ball in there. I'm like, hey, I'm I'm pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well like, just go ahead and catch right. that. <laughs> and it was just like perfect timing. It, 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 that's called not giving up on the play. Well, that's true, right? That's true. That was pretty impressive, though. That was and it was a good good momentum builder. But you know, you see stuff like that, and and it just shows that if you just keep rushing, hustling to the play, something good happens. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Ball, ball, ball. Right. Right. <laughs> All well, right. Bershaw, like I said, man, we really appreciate it. It's on short notice, so um, thanks again. I know you want to get out of here, but we appreciate your time. No problem. I'm pre Thank you for having me. The Salty Dogs. And we're back here again on the Salty Dogs podcast, week 14. Wow. We've almost, we're almost to the finish line. I can't Jeff. believe we're in December already. I wish it wasn't the finish line, and it could possibly not be the finish line. I, we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, all right. I was just going to say, don't be saying it's not. I know, but, I mean, you got to face – 
I am in terms of the percentages. I am, I am facing reality right now. But, okay. All right. So we have questions this week. All right. A couple of them are from guys. They are guys, I believe, who have sent us questions before, and I think they heard us, or me, saying we weren't Discussing. getting any questions. And so they're like, okay, well, I'll send them another one. Maybe they'll pick me again. So one of them is from, I think this guy, this may be the guy who's gotten the most questions read in right. our series of, and it's you'll remember the name. It's Alexander Nascimento from uh, Brazil. See. Uh, well, I wouldn't be that because Brazil is Portuguese. Portuguese. Yeah, I don't. Know. My probably, I don't know what. I, I would bet it's something close, though. Like you would think, right? Yeah, I bet it's something close to C, if not C. Also, I don't know. Hmm. I'm gonna look into that. I would be willing to bet he'll he'll email me and let me know. Terrific. <laughs> uh, ahoy, salty ones! Since you guys are not receiving lots of questions this yeah. past week, I'm here. Well, throw thanks. the dig Thank in there. Much. Thank you very much. Now that we have stacked them together, I'm feeling we are building something for years to come. And I would like to know what is our record for consecutive wins during a season and considering multiple seasons. I know the answer. I, I would say the most wins we've had consecutively is five. You would be wrong. Really? We did have five to start 79. We had five to start 97. And I think in one of the um, Dirk years, we had five in a row. At the end of Dirk's first year, end. we ended up nine and seven. Yeah, and there was a five in a row stretch, and then we lost w the last two. Would we have six? Six is our record. And it was in 1999. Right. Remember how we started? Let's see. We won seven of our last eight, and we finished 11 and five. So we would have been four in. That's right. We were struggling in October, and we, we were Tony three and five. Was, yeah, we were struggling in October, and Tony said, "Quit worrying about October, November, December is when you're going <laughs> to win." That's what you always remember about it. What I because you say that a lot, but, but uh, only because it happened. Because it happened, and and I did a radio show with Tony, and he would tell me this. I know. I get it. What I'm saying, what I always take away from this, what I always remember is we lost the game on Halloween, right around Halloween in Detroit. Um, Trent Dilfer had been benched, and we were starting. Um, Sean King. No, Eric Zier. Sean Eric Zier. Sean King was the third oh. string quarterback. Okay. Eric Zier. Wow. Terrible game. I think Eric Zier even got hurt. Got destroyed. And the late Tom McEwen, who was still covering the team at the time, said this team's not going to win another game all year. Yes, I do remember. And then this. we promptly won six in a row. And then the Oakland, remember the Oakland game where we got demolished, and then we won another forty-five to nothing or something. So like we that. won like seven out of eight or eight out of nine to finish the season after we were told we were not going to win another game uh, and made the NFC Championship game. A, a, a sidebar to that: fast forward into the two thousand at the uh, Chamber Luncheon in Tampa, the Tampa Chamber Commerce Luncheon, okay. a big luncheon with the still Buccaneers. goes on to this still day. goes on to this day. Over five hundred people, whatever, are there. And Tony Dungy is speaking, and he goes to the podium, and he starts out with, "Well, someone here said <laughs> that we would win another game, and I and it was great. Yeah. I mean, it was dead, deadpan, Tony. It was yeah. terrific. I'm sure Tony wasn't trying to really. He was just having fun. With oh, he was it. having fun with it. Sure. And and uh, Tom McEwen could take a joke too. Sure. So it was all good. Icon of the area in mm -hmm. terms of sports coverage. So um, also we won six games. You asked about crossing seasons. We won the last game of '96. Tony Dungy's first year, and then won the first five of 97. So that was another six-game streak. That's, that's, that's the record. Well, we like e to tie that record. Even the – yeah, we could. We could. I did the math already. Even the um, the Super Bowl team, which won 12-4, and four, never won six in a row. They went 3-1 and one in each quarter of the season that year, which was nicely symmetrical. And, yeah, hey, if you can win three out of every four games, 
you're feeling pretty good about you're yourself. You're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, you feel pretty good about yourself. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, does he ask anything else? Since no. you did, thanks for reading. P.S. I'm thankful for you guys doing this show weekly, letting us know more about our beloved team and reading fans' questions. And then he sent back another email. I happened to be sitting at my desk when this happened, so I saw that it, they, these came in pretty quickly after another. Hey, Salty Ones, I just remembered Mr. Still Jeff Ryan will be impossible in this next episode, telling Mr. Still Scott Smith that he was absolutely right, predicting that for we to stack them up, we should get one, then two, and so on. Thank you very much. That <laughs> I is think an, he's calling you a know-it-all, actually, that, that is an international statement now. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, yeah, that incredibly um, difficult-to-understand point that before you win two, you have to win one. That's what you're trying to – and then before you win three, you have to win two. Well, what I'm, what I'm also trying to say <laughs> is when you win one or lose one, then you win one or lose two, it's very quickly easy to all of a sudden you're at four whether it's winning or losing, because it just all right. the right. momentum so goes that way. Right here, Jeff predicted we will win two more. To have four oh, yeah, more. we're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> okay. This next one comes from somebody named JJ. Hi, Salty Dogs. Turnover, turnovers always have a huge impact on any football game. It seems to be especially the case for Tampa Bay games. Though, unlike NBA games, it seems that points gained and allowed off of turnovers are not really kept track of nor talked about. I'm going to have to stop this right here because I reject that premise completely on the face. I was just going to say, that's not I don't true. know who JJ's listening to. Uh, he probably isn't following me on Twitter during games because I tweeted about that in the middle of our last game. And what JJ needs to do is back up because we were talking about that in this podcast. You did. The, the turnovers, not only well, not getting his, a turnover, but scoring, but scoring points. To his credit, he wrote this in before we started talking about it, so you can't really blame him for that. Okay. Well, maybe I do not. wonder, what does this chart say right here, Jeff? Right there. It says results from results turnovers. Results from turnovers. That I, we get every week. I personally have been up, have been um, updating, updating a this. chart like this every season since 1997. I use that in every broadcast. Do you? Mm-hmm. I've been using, and if you look at this, I've got the turnovers, where they happened, what the result was, for the points either team got, the turnover differential, and also the points differential. And the reason I brought this up right in the middle of our last game is because even though, okay, so we went into that game negative 10 in turnover differential, which is one of the, it was like 29th in the league. And so bad. what does negative 10 mean? Well, you would think if you're, that means you've turned the ball over 10 more times than you've, that's just regular turnover ratio. All right. Turn, you've turned it over 10 more times than you've taken it away. I'm, right. right. Okay, so you, you, most teams that would be in that predicament also would be in a negative differential in terms of points allowed off of turnovers. But we were actually plus one, and that's largely because early in the season, we were scoring off turnovers like crazy. I mean, in that Rams game, five touchdowns off of turnovers. That's, that's either you return it for a touchdown like Devin White did, or the drive that results from the turnover is a touchdown. Five touchdowns in that Rams game. So certainly helps your turnover ratio. Yeah, and also your scoring differential. So we've it's been a really weird season for the Buccaneers because the turnover differential has been a problem, but we've actually been better than our opponents by quite a bit at scoring off of turnovers. For for whatever reason, this team has done a great job of turning turnovers into points, and I mean a great job because we are number one in the NFL in points off turnovers. For me to be able to look that up. I, obviously, somebody's keeping track of it because this sheet right here is only about us. Mm-hmm. But this is on our stat service. I looked that up in two seconds because okay. it's an important stat and people know about it. So I'm sorry. I don't know how you got that impression, JJ. And I don't watch enough NBA to know how specific they are or yeah. how much they hammer that point. I think that, yeah. But NFL viewers and, and analysts absolutely keep track of that and they know how important it is. So the rest of the question goes after Devin White's beautiful country fumble return, he remembers that. 
Remember when when um, Will Golston was it? Mm-hmm. Who told us the difference between a country fumble and a city fumble? <laughs> and you know what? And he's right. You know, I didn't think of that until right now, until he says that, because it was. It was, it was. a country. He, there's nobody around him. He picks it up, and he, he dashes for about two steps, and he looks yeah. around and realizes there's nobody around. So if he, he doesn't, jogged in after yeah, if he, yeah. And even on his pick, if he doesn't fall down, he, he's in. You think? Yeah, you'll see. Oh, wow. Uh, so if, if Devin White... Let's see. Oh, the, the country fumble thing, just for anybody who doesn't know, after Indomitian Sue had his in the Rams game to seal that game, uh, a writer was, you know, uh, telling us all how we were totally wrong that he should have just fallen on the ball. You have a better, better, because you can run out the clock then. And we were talking to Will Golston about that. And he said, well, there's a difference between the city, country, uh, city. city fumble and a country fumble. And in the city, there's always people around you. And in the country, you're all alone. And if you're all alone and nobody's if, around, pick it up and a, score. If you're in a country fumble, you pick it up and go. If you're in the city, you, you fall, fall on it. Because there's so many people around. Yeah. So I it was a country it. fumble. Good job Excellent. by J.J. remembering that. Strong, J.J. I began to wonder how turnovers are directly affecting the score of Tampa Bay games a lot. Mm-hmm. I was hoping that you guys would have the ability to gather the stats. I did for this and help me get a better idea of what turnovers are really doing to Bucks games. I don't know what their numbers will look like, so sorry if this question doesn't really bring up an interesting answer. Or maybe you can find an interesting trend. Does the offense... Does the defense hold opposing teams to zero or maybe three points when the offense turns it over? And they did a good job of that in the uh, Atlanta game, right? Or does the offense take advantage when the defense gets the ball back? So looking at this chart here, uh, we've given the ball away 28 times and allowed 86 points off of that. Ten of those are touchdowns, five field goals. So 15 of the 28 have resulted in points, so 13 haven't. Our opponents have scored 3.1 points. Per t- turnover. turnover by us. Wow. Now, we have only had 21 takeaways, but we have 14 touchdowns and two field goals. So 16 of the 21 drives or return for resulting from turnovers have resulted in points, which is very, very good. It is. And we have 5.0 points per turnover compared to 3.1 for our opponents. So that's exactly what that, what JJ was asking for. Good good question, JJ. Well, I love it when I get a question going, yeah. hey, I've got a sheet exactly for that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, All right. I, you get to show how... How smart you are. I have to go to a second page, Jeff, here. You page have one page two. of questions. Wow. Hey, S and J. Yeah, I like that. S&J. Feeling a little less salty with two wins? <laughs> you said that right up the top. So, yeah. Wow, these people are really, really good. <laughs> They're paying attention to what we I, say. We better be, be careful geez. with what we say. Continue. You know, that makes me feel extra, uh, extra <laughs> worse about perpetuating this lie that you couldn't use coins in London. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I kind of uh, people didn't pay attention yeah, yeah, to that Yeah, we one. get it pushed it along. <laughs> Next thing you know, the president would be saying it. <laughs> oh, let's not go there. Uh, if you put it on Fox News, maybe you'd say it. Since you guys put out a plea for some more questions, I saw that the Bucks... It wasn't a plea. I did, actually, Jeff. It was a plea. At the last I, game, I said, come on, send us some questions. We call that a promo. We're promoing how to get how to uh, reach us. I think the word plea is okay there. <laughs> okay. I saw that the Bucks are still in the playoff hunt, which he put in quotation marks, which makes me think that maybe he doesn't agree that much. Well. What would be What would getting to the playoffs really take? See what a couple of wins strung together does? Yeah. Go Bucks! Here's yeah. to three in a row. Bobby Munster, I think we've had him before, too, a Bucks fan in L.A. So what would it take? Listen, what it's going to take is Minnesota losing. We can go through a bunch of scenarios, but the key is Minnesota losing. And they did last night, which was They helpful, did. Which they was did. Kept, us, kept our hopes a little bit alive mm-hmm. there um, by that happening. So well, we can go through the scenario here. It's you, pretty straightforward. Sure, go ahead. Um, so... 
the best the Bucks can do is nine wins. So if you can find if six teams get to ten wins, it doesn't matter what we do. Well, San Fran and New Orleans are already there, so we can't get them. Uh, Seattle's already there. That's three teams. Green Bay is nine and three. They're going to get to ten, no doubt. Probably this week. the The problem is that Dallas is only six and six, but either they or Philadelphia is going to win that division, so they're in too. So that's five teams that we're not going to catch right there. Three ten and two teams, one team that's absolutely going to get ten, and the NFC East winner. So that's that's black and white. There's nothing you can do about that. Unless you think Green Bay could possibly lose their last four games beginning this week at home against Washington. And I know Washington just beat, what, Carolina? I would be surprised if Washington wins in Green Bay, right? Yeah, if you if you have to look at the odds, I would say Green Bay's Green, got a good shot at Green Bay's going to win at least one of their last four games. At least at home, yeah. This isn't the... Nine and three, two thousand and eight Buccaneers. You got something there? No. Okay. Uh, so you need, you can't have Minnesota also get to ten wins, and they're at eight and four right now. So they need to lose three or four games hmm. going in. Period. There simply is no scenario if they don't win, if they don't lose three or four games. There isn't because there'll be five, ten, and two teams in the NFC champ, NFC East champ, and we will have nine wins if we went out. It's not a difficult picture here. It's it's not, but there's one thing that has to be done. We have to win. Doesn't matter what anybody else does on Sunday. Well, got fo- it does matter what everybody else does, <laughs> but if you don't do your job, it doesn't matter. So let's just say uh, the way. The schedule has worked out as much as we bemoaned the road trips in October. We have a very favorable schedule as it played out. Which is only fair. Which is fair when you see it's the Colts. Uh, the Colts, who are a good team, they're but they're a, a little team. down right they're, now. Yeah, oh, they're hurt. And they're, they're hurt. They're, 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 very they're banged, banged up. up. Um, then you, you At know, Detroit, you, also banged up. But you're on the road in Detroit. But the good but we've news, been good on the road. Four wins on the road. Yeah. So you, 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 can, you can say, okay, that's a game. If you play your game, you got a shot. The Texans, Houston's going to be. They looked awfully good. They looked really good. They looked really, really good. But they have had a bunch of games that have been really polar opposites. Up and down. Yeah, they've had some games. As somebody who's one of his fantasy teams was deeply invested in Deshaun Watson, I happen to know that there have been weeks where they haven't done anything at all. Right. I hope I don't sound too bitter there. No. Um, So it's a. Even though I think they're a very good team and they just beat the pants off of New England. It's not a crazy thought that we would beat them, especially because we're playing a lot better now. Well, that's just it, and and, and then you finish at home with Atlanta, and it, it, you know, what was that noise? Well, it was a matter of yeah, you got to play the good teams in the playoffs anyway, so you, you know, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't it, help it, if you can it, only beat yeah, bad teams. If you if you just beat the bad teams in December, or you just get in and then you do, you're one and done. Now, don't get me wrong, we get in the playoffs and we are one and done. It's a nice building block. It's a really nice building block. Even go, even finishing the season eight and eight or nine and seven won't be a nice building block. It'll be like I brought but, up last week. It'll be like the nineteen ninety six. But re, you remember, you have to go back a little bit, or you just remember everybody when 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 what the team did do was they would go to the playoffs and then they wouldn't go very far in the playoffs and everybody was mad all the time, <laughs> and every year, now, right? You're you're there. I'm sorry. Now you would now you would love it. Well, it would be a stepping stone. But that's just it. And and Absence. sports, I mean, that's just being a, a fan. I mean, in New England right now, they're going nuts. They lost a game. Yeah. They're and going nuts. And it's, they're definitely oh. going to make the playoffs. <laughs> but the sky is falling. Yeah. 
but but I guess that's what it is that you know you get used to it you want to win and you know I'm hoping no matter what everybody else does gosh I'd love to just see us streak on out because yeah. it just makes me feel yeah. really good about next year right. and like I want to and I want to feel good about <laughs> next year nice. uh, so there are in addition a few teams. We are the best of the three, five, and seven teams, by the way, in terms of yes. playoff options, in terms of tiebreakers and so on. Um, but Chicago's six and six, and the Rams are seven and five. So even the scenario I drew up with Minnesota losing at least three of four, mm-hmm. one of these other two teams could still mess it up for us. The Rams are the, the, the good thing about the Rams is we have the head to head win against them. So if we catch them, then we have that tiebreaker. But, uh, but before, any, before you have to worry about the Rams or Chicago, you have to get Minnesota three losses. Well, one of, the, one of the things, and, I, you know, I, I've said this before, you want to play meaningful games in December. Yeah. And this Sunday is a meaningful game. It's meaningful to Indianapolis, too. It, that it, loss it, to Tennessee really hurt their chances, but they're in it. And so that's where you want to be. So we had our first game in December against Jacksonville and got it done. Now we're ready for our second game. Yeah. And I agree, it's good that they're meaningful and that they matter, but I also don't don't want to overstate it. Oh, You sound silly if you say, you know, this is a critical NFL game because we have to win four and, and but they, they are. lose three. And yeah. those probably all of that together, you, you're asking for seven of eight games at least to go exactly how you want them, and you're probably not going to get that. No, but, I, but this Sunday, th- this Sunday I can have fun going, this is a very meaningful game. Yeah. And it's a game that Buck fans should come on out and see because it's going to be 80 degrees and sunny. 80 degrees? Yes. It's going up. I already just I looked at the, the weather before we, we I mean, came I in here. I guess that's good, but I wouldn't mind 70 or 65. No, the Colts, they'll be wilting at 80 degrees <laughs> to them. They dome control. Yeah, they're like, what is this? There's it's no December. air conditioning in here. In they just got hammered with snow the other day. That's right. I wish we could have a snow game. That would be fun. Um, I do have one more question, and then we'll be done. Uh, we were talking about still trying to make the playoffs, but at some point this season will be over. And at that point, you'll have to start turning your attention to next year and next year's roster. And there are a lot of people coming up to be free agents. And that this is the question from, and this is a name I recognize as well, Todd Birchfield of Lake Panasofsky, Florida. Dogs, if we tag Jameis, in other words, if we use the franchise tag to take care of the fact that Jameis is a pending free agent. So mm-hmm. that's... So don't worry about Jameis. According to this question, we're already done with that. Who do you see as the top three re-signings we need to make? And let me run down some of the guys that are all expiring contracts. Indomitian Sue, DeMar Dotson, Bo Allen, Rashad Perryman, Shaq Barrett, Jason Pierre-Paul, Peyton Barber, Blaine Gabbert, Darian Stewart, Sam Acho, Carl Nassib, Kevin Minter, Joaquin Nunez-Roches, Earl Watford, Josh Wells, Ryan Smith, Andrew Adams. Those are all unrestricted free agents. There are some other restricted free agents like Anthony Eau and some exclusive rights free agents like Tanner Hudson and Mazzy Wilkins, but you don't really have to worry about those because if you want to keep them, it's pretty easy to do so. So it stops here. I so. know. I'm looking at your sheet, and when I, I, I don't see your sheet, but then when I saw it and you started reading, I didn't 17, know what all that was. 17 guys it looks like are going to be unrestricted free agents if, if you don't, don't sign them beforehand. So he wants us to pick – the three we would, I guess, the three you'd most like to have back. I would like to have a lot of these guys back. Yeah, I was just going to say. I mean, doesn't Shaq have to be the top of your list? You would, you would think, you would think, but do you over, are you, I don't know. 
I, I are you I, worried about this being a peak season and then you're going to end up paying a ton for a guy that's you hope 16 sacks every season and that's not going to be duplicated? There's that concern, but I will say, in fairness to Shaq. He was getting around everybody, and they, they changed how they were going to play him, and he has figured out a way again to get around people. No, he's great, and I would also point out that Bruce Arians says he doesn't think that Shaq's going to cool off, and he didn't just mean the rest of this year. He said he's going to keep well, up because he said, he, he said some phrase like, even when he gets paid, he's going to keep doing this. Well, so Bruce Arians doesn't think that this is a flash in the pan or a fluky thing. So I don't know what's going to happen Due to, this question isn't forcing us to figure out if it works or if we can afford him or whatever. It's just who do we want? Well, this, okay, could, be the, want this could be the Simeon Rice thing that happened because when Simeon came here, he did a one-year deal. Are you sure about that? Mm-hmm. He did a one-year deal, did really well, then he got paid. Say that again. You, you can look it up. I'm going to look that up. But I'm pretty sure. I want to say it's something crazy, too. It's something like a million dollars. Really? Yeah. Because I remember that that Monty Kiffin was really, really wanted to sell Simeon. He told him his line to him was, and proved to be true, that you're the final piece of the puzzle here. We've got this great defense, but you will make it. You will put it over if, the top. If I remember how this played out. He was a pretty good player in Arizona. But they were in dispute in Arizona, and he got mad at them. And we got him for a one-year deal, and then we did it again. Okay. So you need to look that up. I'm going off of memory, and if I'm wrong, I apologize, but I don't think I am. Well, if you are, then this is a, that is pretty analogous, except the difference here is Shaq got a one-year deal, kind of like a prove-it thing. Yes, and I that's think, what that was a Simeon Well, was. Simeon already had, like, a whole ton of sacks in five or six years in Arizona, whereas Shaq, because he didn't get a regular rotation role there sometimes he played a lot and sometimes he didn't play as much they had guys like von miller and mm-hmm. uh chubb i don't know why i, I would think that though. well you may be right i, I know i don't remember that now that as we're talking i'm going why would i think that but i'm sure it's a matter of record somewhere but yeah that would be a good analogy in this case because he took Shaq took the prove it deal and proved it it's a perfect scenario yeah and now somebody is going to give him a big contract and he deserves it i hope it's us oh. i like on this list an awful lot in Dominican Sue. So do I. I just think, even though the stats won't blow you away if you look at the page, I think he's played, I think he's had a great season. Unsung part of why that front has worked so well. I think he's had a great influence on Vita Vey. Oh, okay. I think he had. Uh, um, well, he's definitely a no nonsense like uh, business. Interesting type. enough, uh, Vita was on the radio last night. And he was talking about his interaction with Indomitian. Okay. And uh, he calls him Big Girl. Sue, because his name's Sue, or that's what that's what that's what that's what Vita calls him. I guess because his last name is Sue. Why he just likes messing with him, so he calls him Big Girl. So listen to you should. Yeah, it's very very funny. But I, but I guess Vita's one of the few people that can afford to mess with him. Well, that, that's what was said. That was that's what Casey said. You being only you being a three hundred forty seven pound guy <laughs> wouldn't be afraid to call him. But he he said that most people don't. Indomitian doesn't just go out and talk. But if you approach him and have a discussion, he's very uh, communicative. Yes, he really gets into the X's and O's, and he said it's just really solid. So I think, yeah, I think that would be a nice one. Now the question would be, is Indomitian tired of moving around? He was with Miami, with Detroit, of course, then he did a multi-year deal in Miami. He did a one-year deal in L.A. Now he has a one-year deal here. Is he tired of moving around, and does he go, you know what, I'm going to be 33? 
is that 32, 33? Something like that. I'm in a state that doesn't. In the same draft as Gerald McCoy. Yeah, I'm in a state that has no income tax. I think you're doing a uh, a pitch here. I might be able to take a little bit less because I'm not going to give it to the government, and I can stay here and help you out. It could Ladies be. Gentlemen, Jeff Ryan doing the pitch for Indomitian. I'm, I'm trying to, to negotiate back. a deal here. Well done, well done. Go up there and um, and knock hang on, out with on their door. Yeah, yeah. Greeny would love me coming in the door. He, he'd love that. <laughs> so, and I don't mean to to all be in the same position, but I'd like to have Carl Nassib oh, too. I was going to say that's you've got my three right now because they the coaches really like him and they like what he brings in terms of versatility, but also I mean they voted him a captain this mm-hmm. year. They didn't they? Isn't he? A There's captain? another guy that that he's he's unique. He has a unique personality. <laughs> you know, he just he just has a different way of looking at the world. I'll, I'll go with that. If you saw him on Hard Knocks when he was with the Browns, you saw that. But he made he made good sense. He made really good sense. Don't spend your money. It makes sense. <laughs> Put it in the bank. <laughs> compounded interest. I think there's a, gay, a guy named uh, Buffett that said something about compounded interest. Yeah, but things. he hasn't done very well. In no, his life, not at he? all. He's struggling. My gosh. <laughs> Where is he? He's, he's, he's is eating he beanie rank? weenies. He's, he lives in, he lives in um, Omaha, Nebraska, for crying Where out loud. Where does he rank? Because I know that Bezos is no longer the richest man alive. Oh, he's way up there. Is he top five? Yeah, Warren Buffett? He's, he's like... That he Hathaway, a, that Hathaway a, stock is just crazy price, and and it's real stuff. I mean, he and he, you know, when when you talk about you know Google, I mean, what what is that? <laughs> you know, but it's worth six hundred dollars a share. So I'm just saying, um, but compounded interest makes everything cool. Yes, so I I agree with those three. I'd like to see a lot of them come back. I mean, we didn't even say JPP. No, I guess he's he or Shaq or the or Sue are the oldest of the th- the four. So I, you know what else I, you know what else I think is going to be, uh, might be interesting as guys get a little, little older, um, in their careers, they want to win and they be, they may be seeing right here, right now. Yeah. You this hope team's they feel close. That way. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know whether they do or not. The next four games could tell. You. It could tell. And then, and then next year, who's back the and the reason why. Man, other than maybe New England, where can you go and be sure you're going to win? You're not even going to be sure in New England everywhere, right now. Everywhere you go, the coaches are going to, and the coaches probably do this sincerely and believe it, but they're going to tell you, hey, we've got it here. Next year is our it, year. We're, we're coming, and you're one of the final pieces of the puzzle. Um, look at Baltimore right now. Right. And, yeah, look at the Rams. You'd, you'd say, hey, I want to go to the Rams. Go to the uh, they Rams got a good win. shot. And, they're young, and they're just beginning under this young coach. And, and they did, and I now they're not. I mean, they are 7-5. and five. They're yeah. not destitute or anything. No, but they're not the powerhouse that they were last you year. You could have gone to Atlanta two years ago right after the Super Bowl and thought you were in on the ground floor, of, and now they're just, they're, they've fallen apart. Yeah, well, you, you just don't know. Well, you, you, know, Philadelphia, injury, you probably yeah. would have thought Philadelphia was going to win this year, right? It's hard. Carolina? Carolina, I mean, we now have Chicago, seen, Chicago, they're six and six. Uh, Green Bay, they changed head coaches, so you weren't sure. Minnesota, and now they're great. Well, they were pretty good. Um, yeah, it's it's Dallas. It's I mean, da- uh, I mean, you always think Dallas is going to win, and all they ever do is not. So, well, they're still probably going to back into the playoffs. They got shot at terrible. it. Terrible. Well, they're they're in first place in the division, so they definitely have a shot at it. All right. All right, that's the last question, but that was a lot. Yeah, yeah that's so good. That was fun. Thanks for all the questions. Any fans who want to send us questions, uh, you can do so at by sending an email to saltydogs at buccaneers.nfl.com. Okay, your assignment for the week. You're talking to me or the fans? You. Oh. 
Your assignment for What's the your week. your assignment? Do you remember? Yes, I do. What is it? My assignment is to ask Jameis Winston, does he go forwards or backwards on purpose? Did he go forward on okay. purpose? Or on the, the reason? Right. And reason I get an does. assignment, too? And your assignment is, did Simeon Rice come here okay. on a one-year deal? And then, well, I'm going to go look that up as soon as okay. we're done with this podcast, so I will have no problem completing that assignment, sir. Okay, because you Professor. can't wait to prove me wrong. No, I don't. It's not even that. I, I didn't know that, and that I, would be I, an interesting thing to know. And you know, it's funny when I when I was saying it, I, all of a sudden I was like, why Why are you saying this? But it must it must be. <laughs> why are these words coming out of my mouth? I don't know. But since you did, thanks for listening. <laughs>